We're good to go. If you're good to go, John Scholes here, your host, and the real brains in the room, Alex Lucifero, courtesy San Fury to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. How about that? Reaching out anytime. Do not hesitate. You have questions, you have problems with your employer, maybe just something you've always wanted to know. You didn't get it on the show, or maybe uh, you missed the show where we talked about it. You can always follow up and reach out to Alex, one 855 5900 email help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website built around helping you at any time pocketemploymentlawyer.ca with access to the severance calculator 2 million more than 2 million of us have used it so check that out free and anonymously at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca but like I said we're ready to go for half hour of your calls coming up we'll get to them here in a moment but we always start off with the case of the day something that's happening on your end Alex what's going on pal Hey, Johnny, back at it. Thanks very much. Another edition of uh, the Employment Law Show. Uh, Great to be back live on the air talking employment law and talking workplace rights. As usual, it's been another busy start to the week. We're well and truly into the new year. Uh, John, a lot of people, uh, as usual today, asking questions, calling me at the office, uh, sending in uh, questions over email or online. Some of these people, John, unfortunately, losing their jobs. Uh, it's not unusual at this time of year for uh, companies to be making changes. And sometimes, unfortunately, that means uh, restructuring their jobs. Uh, it doesn't mean that these employees, uh, John, have done anything wrong, uh, that they're bad employees. It just unfortunately means that you know, these are the business realities that companies, that employers uh, and employees, uh, as a result, face. And listen, if that does happen to you, if you're one of those employees that are part of a restructuring, you've been let go from your job, you're now in a situation where you have to look out for yourself. You have to make sure you're financially secure moving forward, that you get what you're actually owed as severance. And that's what we're here to talk about here on this show or during our Mm -hmm. weekend shows, of course, the TV show, YouTube, uh, all of our online content. And there's lots of it, uh, uh, John, as employment lawyers, we're here to inform uh, you about your legal rights. Make sure you know what you're owed if you lost your job or if something else happens in the workplace, uh, that you know exactly what your options are and exactly what you need to do. And so believe me, if you're going to be losing your job, uh, you're going to be staring at a termination letter or some sort of kind of severance offer. I can tell you right now, uh, John, that offer is going to provide for a lot less than what you're actually owed. So actually stay tuned and find out exactly how much you would be owed as an employee and, you know, make sure you don't get taken for a ride in that respect. Uh, Case in point, uh, John, the case of the day, uh, spoke to a gentleman uh, uh, today uh, that um, was being called a contractor. Uh, John, we've heard this story plenty of times uh, before. Now, interestingly, they were talking about pretty long service contractor slash employee here, John. This gentleman was with the same company for 10 years straight. I think it was about 10 and a half years Uh, to be exact, in his late 40s. He was working in a supervisory position. He was a team lead, uh, uh, John, making quite a good income. This was in the automotive industry. And, uh, you know, these guys, you know, just quite shockingly, John, had the gall to call this this person a contractor. He was being paid as an independent contractor. So this gentleman would do his own taxes. He would send an invoice to the company uh, every month and get paid that way. And then kind of he basically operated as a sole proprietorship, so he didn't have an incorporated company, but he would do his own taxes, et cetera, pay his own uh, CPP contributions, et cetera. And unfortunately, this employer uh, let this gentleman go. 
And because they considered him to be a contractor, uh, John, wouldn't you guess they offered him absolutely nothing, not one penny, not one or two weeks of pay, John, in letting him go. They simply said, we're ending your employment now because you're a contractor. You are not owed anything uh, as severance. Uh, Thanks for the 10 years. Take care. So long. Uh, Can you imagine, John, working with the same company for 10 years and just being kicked out the door whatsoever, without any severance whatsoever? Uh, It was quite unceremonial. And obviously, this left a bad taste in in this very nice gentleman's mouth. So gave me a call, spoke to him earlier uh, today. And, and, you know, the issues can just you can just line them all up quite straightforward. (laughs) Number one. This gentleman is not a contractor in no way, shape, or form is he ever going to be considered an independent contractor. An independent contractor is your plumber, who you call, who is in business for him or herself, and who has multiple clients, operates their own business, has uh, you know their own equipment, etc., uh, etc. Et that is the true definition of an independent contractor. Uh, uh, John, this gentleman who had worked with the same company for 10 years, was a supervisor for the company, supervised other employees, held himself out as, you know, a a member of that uh, company, didn't have his own equipment. You can go on and on and on. This gentleman, without a doubt, was an employee of the company. And so he is owed severance. Not only is he owed severance, John, he's going to be owed vacation pay and potentially overtime pay, even as a even as a supervisor. Lots of other minimum entitlements that an employee would otherwise be owed, in addition to the severance that he's going to be owed, which as a 10-year employee in his late 40s and as a supervisor is going to be as much as 12 months of pay. So this gentleman's looking at a year of pay, some vacation pay that he never received that he should have. Wow. Uh, and this employer, John, is in for a rude awakening. Uh, I say, you know, I tell this story, John, not because this is the rare exceptional case. We speak to people every day in these kinds of situations. Employers just unfortunately don't know the way employment law works in this province, think that they can do whatever they so please in letting employees go or treating employees a certain way. And that's just not the case. Employees have significant rights, significant protections and entitlements, particularly when it comes to severance. So we're going to be working with this individual, John, and uh, ultimately getting him the severance that he's owed, but also working on getting some other components of his compensation, uh, such as vacation pay, uh, and get the employer to recognize that he was, in fact, an employee of the company and not a contractor. Which is why you always want to reach out, right? one 821 5900 is how you go about that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. If we got some time a little later on, we might get to some email, but the uh, main topic when we come back is going to be the worst times for an employer to terminate an employee. That is on the way after a short break. Employment Law Show, stand by. Welcome back. Skulls here along with Alex Luciferro from the firm, uh, San Fury Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed firm in the country, law firm in the country, and Alex here every week on a Monday to help you out. Navigate those employment rights, those workplace laws, workplace rights, so get on there and ask those questions. But in the meantime, the worst times for an employer to terminate an employee, and if you're an employer, this next uh, little bit of time is good for you to listen up as well. Number one, when an employee asks about taking a disability leave or comes back from one. How about that, Alex? Yeah, we're starting with uh, with a slow one right over the plate. Uh, uh, <laughs> this should be, yeah, this this should be obvious to all employers, small, medium, and and large. 
gone. But in case it isn't, uh, you know, and unfortunately, uh, it is a situation that we have to deal with quite often, much more often than I actually would like to see, John, because unfortunately, it is the case when that when employees either start talking about stress in the workplace or some physical impairments in the workplace, or they start talking about the potential of taking some sort of absence, a medical leave of absence, or alternatively, when they're coming back from that medical leave, we see employers not dealing with those employees properly, not respecting those employees' rights and protections. And we see in it, we see lots of employers who simply don't value employees that are uh, either dealing with some sort of medical issue, again, whether that's you know uh, mental or physical, or returning from a medical uh, leave of absence, and then you know. Not to belabor the point, but but the very basics are this, uh, uh, John. You cannot punish an employee for taking a medical leave of absence or dealing with any kind of health issues in the workplace. An employer has the very, very strict legal obligation, number one, to accommodate employees with physical or mental limitations in the workplace. You cannot punish an employee because they're dealing with that kind of issue at work. You Actually, you have to accommodate them. You have to help them. Uh, and alternatively, and secondly, if an employee takes a medical leave of absence, you have to respect that medical leave. You cannot, again, punish the employee. You cannot terminate them because they've taken a medical leave of absence. And when they are returning from that medical leave of absence, you have an obligation as an employer to return that employee back to the same terms of employment that they left. So You cannot change their position. You cannot demote them or give them a some sort of uh, pay cut because they've taken a medical leave or punish them in any other kind of way for that matter. Uh, and again, if they require accommodations in returning back to work, then you have to assist them there and help them return back to work in whatever way ultimately their doctor uh, recommends. It is, uh, it is an, an obligation on the part of employers that should not be taken light, lightly. If you mistreat an employee on the basis of their disability, not only are you going to be constructively terminating that employee, in other words, if you, you know, date them, or if you terminate them while on a medical leave of absence, not only will you very clearly, very obviously owe that employee severance, you're going to owe them additional damages as well for a human rights violation because a failure to accommodate or punishment on the basis of some sort of medical leave is discrimination under human rights laws in Ontario. And human rights tribunal or a court is not going to be shy John, to punish an employer who's violated an employee's rights and protections in that way. We see it very, very often. Employers have to take that obligation extremely seriously. Probably it is the most serious of employment issues uh, that we see yeah. discrimination on the basis of this. Uh, Gary, thank you uh, so much for taking the time. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. What's on your mind? Well, my brother-in-law, after 27 years at a major printing firm that is owned by a major newspaper, they are closing down and uh, re not restructuring, outsourcing their work to another press. And he was there for 27 years, unblemished record. The severance that he's getting is only 52 weeks. Is this correct? Gary, this is your brother-in-law, you said? Correct. I so actually we know sent he's... in an email request uh, on your website a couple of days ago. I haven't heard back. 
Excellent. I, I will make sure that you do hear back uh, immediately if it's uh, sometimes over the weekend. There's a little Thank bit you. of a delay there as we catch up. But uh, in any event, you're you're live on the air right now. So let's talk about your brother-in-law. So you said he's been with the company for 27 years. How old is yeah. he, Gary? He's 63. 63 years of age. Sorry, what was his position? 60. He just turned 60. Just turned 60? Okay. What was his position at the company? Do you know? He was, a, he was uh, operating a forklift that uh, takes all the printing whatever to the, to the press. You know, the printing uh, role. Yeah. So, so a, a laborer position, I guess we could say. Correct. Okay, fair, fair enough. So, and it's not a union and, and Gary as, either. Okay. So, you know, and, and as you can see, Gary, th those are, you know, his an employee's age, position, and years of service are the three factors that we have to take into consideration when we're assessing an employee's severance entitlements. I can tell you quite definitively, Gary, that at 60 years of age and with 27 years of service with the same company, which is quite remarkable, we're seeing that less and less uh, and nowadays, um, 52 weeks, which is a year's pay, of course, is nowhere near good enough. Uh, uh, Gary, uh, your brother-in-law's entitlements are likely much closer, if not right at 24 months of pay. That's two years of pay. Uh, that's what I thought. Call it 104 weeks if we want to talk weeks. But certainly he would be in that range, uh, Gary, and not in the range of somewhere of, you know, one year's uh, pay. And again, very simply, just based on his age and, and years of service. So I appreciate you calling, uh, Gary, and you leaving us a message. I hope your brother-in-law hasn't signed off on any offers. No, no, I told him to hold off. Offer. Good. I told him to hold off signing anything after I did some research myself. But there are a few other people who are in that group with him who've been longtime employees. And I've told them all to hold off so that I can get some legal advice and direct them all to you. That's excellent. Much, much appreciated, Gary. And good advice on your part. Make sure that your brother-in-law and his colleagues all speak with an employment lawyer. It's extremely important before they sign off on any, uh, on any kind of offer. Of course, every situation is different. And so depending on his colleagues' age, position, years of service, their entitlements will differ. But this is just another example of something that, again, we see day in and day out. Uh, an employer offering employees far less severance than what they're actually owed. In this case, it might actually be half uh, of what this employee uh, is owed. The good news, Gary, that you can you know you can relate to your brother-in-law initially before we have a chat. The good news is these matters aren't overly complicated. The law is quite straightforward, particularly for older gentlemen such as your brother-in-law with long years of service. This is not going to be complicated stuff. We'll be able to resolve this matter uh, quite straightforwardly. Typically, uh, with a few conversations with an employer, we'll be able to get this resolved. So, All right. I look forward uh, to hearing back from my email from you. We absolutely will. Appreciate the call, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it, pal. And I know you know the email. You probably got all the contact information. But uh, anyone else who was just listening, they can reach out to after the show or otherwise to Alex and his team, one 821 5900 And that email, again, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But you still got time. Lots of minutes here. Do like Gary. Make that call. Get some information. We are back to the topic, pal. Worst times for an employer to terminate an employee. Number two is a biggie as well. This one's bad. It says when an, uh, an employee raises harassment allegations against a boss or a coworker, terrible timing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, and again, perhaps uh, you would hope the most obvious, uh, uh, John, but we do see it where 
uh, an employee files a complaint, again, against the coworker or perhaps against the boss, it's usually against the direct manager uh, or a boss, files, you know, with HR uh, a, a case of uh, harassment uh, and expresses to HR that they're, you know, struggling with this particular manager and they're being mistreated. Maybe they're being spoken down to or they're being embarrassed in front of colleagues. We see pretty drastic situations, John, where bosses will swear at employees and berate them and insult them. And it's obviously uh, contrary to the very basics of an employee's rights and protections in the workplace. No employee needs to put up with harassment or that kind of talk, or certainly Mm -hmm. any kind of workplace violence or even the threat of violence in an employment relationship, uh, John. But even more interestingly than that, an employee that raises these kinds of concerns, that raises a, a concern about harassment or bullying in the workplace or a toxic work environment, yep. these employees, John, actually uh, have special protection under the law where, again, similar to an employee who's on a disability leave, they cannot be punished for having raised a complaint about harassment or bullying in the workplace. Even if ultimately, John, here's the kicker, even if ultimately the harassment proves to be unfounded. Even if these employees are wrong and no harassment or bullying took place, again, these employees cannot be punished for having raised those concerns. And so you cannot terminate an employee for having raised concerns about harassment in the workplace, even if those concerns are ultimately unfounded. uh, The employee has to have the full protection of the law. They cannot be terminated for that reason or again punished in any way. Uh, for that reason. Of course, you know, and this is very clear law in Ontario, John, of course, this is there to protect employees, to protect, Mm -hmm. you know, what are often called whistleblowers in the workplace, to make sure that they are protected and that they are not fearful of reporting these concerns, again, about harassment or any kind of misconduct in the workplace. And, you know, that is there for a good reason, is to make sure that our workplaces, as much as possible, are positive, are safe, and that ultimately harassment and bullying in the workplace uh, are not tolerated. The only way we can do that, John, is to make sure that those employees that are raising concerns are protected. Right. Otherwise, they'll never come forward. They'll say, hush, hush, it's never a good thing. We're talking about the uh, worst times for an employer to terminate an employee. We'll file this one under sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. That's right before an employee is due a large bonus or that commission payment. How about that? Yeah, and again, it's another one we see more often than we would want to, John. And the reason is this, an employer, and you know, in a quite a silly way, John, an employer lets an employee go before a bonus is due or the commission payment is due because they want to save on that bonus. They want to save on that large commission payment. And they think that even if they owe this employee severance, they might not owe them that bonus that's payable in a few weeks, or they might not owe them that commission payment that's payable in a few weeks. And that is just wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, John, because, and as we've said many, many times on on the show, when we're talking severance, we should be talking about all components of an employee's compensation Mm -hmm. package continuing for that full severance period. So if you're let go and you had a bonus payment due in a couple of weeks or even in a couple of months, well, guess what? When we're calculating your severance, you should be calculating it, including what you historically received, received as bonus or that future bonus payment that would have been paid during your severance period anyway. The same thing applies to commission. The same thing, John, might even apply to stock options or stock units, which are oftentimes extremely valuable to employees. 
really any component of your compensation and to even consider the basics, things like benefits coverage, you know, health benefits that are so important to so many employees and, and their families out there, things like health benefits, pension contributions, again, bonus or commission, all of those things are going to be included uh, in severance. And that's regardless of when an employer decides to let an employee go. It's going to be included if it's a component of your compensation. Uh, and employers think they can get away with this stuff, John. Unfortunately, yeah. the law is smarter than that. Uh, and luckily, the law is there to protect employees in exactly those kinds of situations. Another one we'll get in here before we wrap another terrible time is that when that employee makes inquiries about overtime pay or vacation pay, pretty common again. What's the fallout? It is. And, and here what we're talking about is whenever an employee uh, asks about their minimum employment standards and protections under the law. Uh, so when an employee raises a concern about their wages or raises a concern about whether they've received the correct amount of overtime pay or not, or again, whether they've received the correct amount of vacation pay or not, those are all examples, John, of an employee's minimum entitlements under a piece of legislation called the Employment Standards Act in Ontario. And the Employment Standards Act is very, very clear that an employee cannot be punished uh, if they have filed a complaint or made inquiries about those minimum entitlements. And so about overtime or vacation pay or maybe wages that haven't been calculated pro uh, properly. Again, you cannot punish an employee for raising concerns and questions or even on filing a Ministry of Labor complaint against that. If an employer does let an employee go, uh, because they've asked about those issues, that is what we call a reprisal. The employer, again, I've used this word many times now over the course of the show, the employer has punished the employee because they have raised these issues, and that is illegal. It's a breach of the Employment Standards Act. Uh, and this is another situation, John, where, again, the employer is just shooting themselves in the foot. If you let an employee go because they've asked questions about overtime pay or vacation pay, not only, again, are you going to owe this employee severance, but because you've reprised against them, because you've breached the Employment Standards Act in that way, now you're going to be owing this employee more than just severance because it's very clear, the law is clear, crystal clear, that employers that breach the Employment Standards Act, John, are going to have to pay employees additional damages in the form of what we call punitive damages. And so, again, you're shooting yourself in the foot as an employer. Not only are you going to owe this employee severance, you're going to owe them severance and then some simply for terminating them at the wrong time and breaching their minimum rights under the Employment Standards Act. Hopefully, this is a bit of a lesson for our employers out there. And yeah. this is the worst kind of, you know, the worst of the worst stuff, uh, John. I hope that employers listening, uh, you know, think and get some legal advice before making decisions about employees uh, that ask about their minimum rights and protections or are on medical leave uh, or raising concerns about harassment in the workplace. Again, this should be very, very basic and obvious stuff to employers. Uh, we're here to inform employees uh, and employers on their rights. Hopefully we've done that tonight. We have indeed, and we're done. We're out of here. In the meantime, reach out to Alex just like that. Call him 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show.